welcome to a new episode of Free Talk. This is Aya. We are everywhere you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at freetalk.ca. Connect with us on Facebook at aya.shani.315. And you can email us at freetalk.ca at gmail.com. On to the episode. Something that I saw on YouTube and as a Black person, it did, I'm not going to use the word annoying because it's not even annoying. It just, it is really disgusting. Mm -hmm. The word is disgusting. You see, when some white people go to Africa and, you know, they just, they go in for vacation. When you're in Africa, you are in somebody else's continent. You are in somebody else's place. You cannot go to Africa and start taking pictures of the children like you are in the zoo, taking pictures. There's these women, these white women that went in some places in Africa, like in the village, close to the village, and they started to take pictures. And the way they're doing it, it's like, you know, when you see sometimes on, on the TV and they tell you, oh, Africa is poor, Africa is this, look at the children. And then you see kids that have like a, a lot of flying fries, you know, flying around them with their nose running, which again, I'm sure we say that, but as African, we don't even know where these people got those pictures because no African people don't even see kids like that. We never seen any kids like that. People that live there, they're wondering where these people get the pictures. And now we're starting to understand a little bit how they got these pictures because these people take pictures and then they come and they modify them. They modify them to make it look like, look at these, you know, disgusting children. Look at, you are not in the zoo. You are in somebody else's country. So if, do you think a black person or us, do you think we can just walk in the street and then see white kids and we decided, oh, look at the white kids. Let's take pictures. Do nah, you, you're going no. to jail for that. Exactly. Not only are you going to jail for that, but we are humans and we know what a discipline is. We know this is something that it's personal. First of all, you need a consent. To, if you want to take a picture of somebody, you cannot just go and start taking pictures like you're in a forest taking pictures of a tree. True. We, but on the other side, and I'm with you, don't worry about that, because I really think you shouldn't be just taking pictures of people randomly, especially children, without their parents at least saying, oh, okay, because they know why. But on the other side, maybe they're thinking, oh, we've come to this beautiful place and we want to take pictures of everything that we see. Oh, and look at these cute kids. I could show everybody that, you know, there are children here in the place I'm visiting. I'm not for it, but I'm saying maybe that's their thought process. If that was the way they thought, I would have said, okay, you know, whatever, I forgive you for what you're doing. But these people come back to their country and they started putting it on the Facebook. They started putting it on the YouTube. That's and they're talking wrong, yeah. bad about it. That's why I'm I'm sorry. If you take it and you put it as your personal thing because you, okay, fine. 
nobody seen it. Nobody you want, you know, we didn't see you taking it. So we're not gonna get mad at you. It's something that you didn't, you didn't ask for consent, but it's okay. We didn't see it, so fine. But you come back to your country and you started posting those things. Like these kids are just what? A bunch of, you know, items or a tree that you can just, this is what I don't get. I don't get it. It's not, I don't get it. I call that evil and disturbing. And to me, if you are someone who you can, if you can do that, to me, you're not human. Because you're trying to think that, oh, I am, we are better, we are superior. No, you're not. In your brain, that's what you think, you are superior. I mean, I need to ask at least the parents, and if the parents say yes, somebody who think that they're superior, you need to think, you need to have a brain. And to me, you don't have a brain. So you cannot be a superior. Have you been to your grocery store lately? Have you seen that the shelves look scarce? Certain <laughs> items that you're used to getting are no longer there. And then one day they all pop back up. And then one day the shelves are empty again. What is going on with the food situation in the world today? Well, the thing is they said it around what? During the winter time, I think? No, actually, no, no, no. It's not even the winter time. I think it was a run almost last fall that they said that they're going to be a food shortage. And the thing is, some people didn't believe it. Some people, those who do prepare, who the preparers, they actually believe it and they starting to prepare because if these people tells you they're going to be a food shortage, it's because there will be a food shortage. And me, to tell you the truth, I knew that a, while, a little while ago that that's going to happen. The reason that is something I'm trying to find out. The reason why, and I think the reason it's all like the same thing. Everything is because of COVID-19. Everything, I mean, right now, you cannot even get in touch with people. And everything is supposed to be opened back up. Everything is opened back up. So why are we short of food? So we, I'm trying to understand because people still working in the field. People still like here, we have people from our other country that comes here to work in agriculture. So why? And another thing I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna also say is like, like during the, um, the pandemic, you know, the thing about the toilet paper is the same reason as the toilet paper. I was going to ask, I'm going to say, are we going to see what happened with the toilet paper? Like it's really yep. off the shelf and you is have to like pack up or else you have none. Yep. It's the same reason as the toilet paper. And as a person who worked in the transportation, during the time, you know, even I wasn't, during that time, I wasn't even working in the transportation and I was asking my boss, I'm like, you know, we did that, you know, there was a shot, shot, uh, a shot of our toilet paper. We didn't have a toilet paper. People were fighting. And then my boss looked at me and she told me, she's like, the truth, there was no shortage of toilet paper. She said, in our warehouse, it was packed. The toilet paper was there, packed. 
The only thing is the grocery people have to give you appointment, tell you, okay, can you bring them to me? Because you cannot, as a person, as a, uh, a truck driver or as a truck company, you cannot just say, okay, let me just pick up and I bring it to you because there's a shortage of toilet paper. No, the store has to say, okay, today I'm fine. You can bring the toilet paper. But the stores did not want to. She said they were all in a warehouse. So which is mean there is something cynical behind everything that is going on. It's not because there was a shortage. It's because they didn't want to. They have the, they were like in one with the government. The government told them, don't do that. There is something that is going on that is just not normal. It's not fun. It's not because we're short, because we still have the same people that was working last before two, three years ago. But it, why are we short of that? And then they say, some people tell me, oh, because they are, some of them are in the cargo. Some of them are still on the sea, but why do we? Why haven't we received them? Yeah, there has to be something going on with um, importation or something that the government is saying hold off on certain things. Because mm -hmm. I remember also it was happening for SAQ, which is for going alcohol. To say that. Yep. And when when we went there, we asked, "Do you have any more of this specific rum?" And they're like, "They're not importing it at the moment." So we have no stock. It's not that it's a shortage, is that it's not allowed to come in because as soon as whatever happened cleared up, everybody's shelves were full. And that's why I'm saying we see it full of everything. And then for like practically a month or two, it's empty. Like this, this is a very small example and not a lot of people would care. But when my niece comes over, I always have the honey Cheerios for her. So when she was coming over, I went to the grocery store to get that. I went to the farmer pre. I went to so many different stores. Nobody had the honey Cheerios. And then yeah. after she left, a few weeks later, I went to the grocery store again. It appeared. But the yes. shelf was empty. So it's just like, did somebody stop making the, the honey Cheerios? I don't think so. So it's just, it's very weird. Like, I'm just talking about Cheerios, but they're, they're you know, bigger things that people really need when they go to any store and they see that the shelves are empty, they're like, what's going on? And then months mm -hmm. later, it's back again. So, yeah, that's me because they're controlling it. It's not, as you said, it's not because we're short, we're shortage of it. They don't want it to happen. As like you said, yes, like you, the woman is like, we're like, when are you going to receive it? She's like, whenever they allow it. So it means they are holding onto it as like the same thing as the toilet paper, as I told you. We, in our warehouse, there was a piles of piles of piles because we do storage. We do storage beer, food, tins for stores. But there was nothing. They wasn't calling and saying, hey, we are short of this. So can you deliver it? And the drivers were ready to deliver everything. But if you don't get the company calling you saying, I need you to deliver it, you cannot just say, okay, because they pay in anyway, they pay in the warehouse per month. So you cannot say, okay, I need a warehouse or something else. No, they pay in it per month. So you cannot say, I'm gonna bring it to you. 
they have to allow and say, okay, let's schedule for appointment to bring this, you know, the toilet papers or the beer or whatever. But the stores wasn't calling. This is the thing that I personally do not understand in 2022. I didn't understand it like years ago either. Why are there countries still under the British rule other than England? Like why? Why does any of the Caribbean still not have their independence? Why? Why Canada? Oh, Canada, why Canada? I do not get it. Like, does she do anything for you? And I'm, you know, obviously specifying the queen because she's the head of the monarchy. But I'm kind of like, everyone, I believe, can claim their independence. I want to say bravo to Barbados for doing so. Well, right now, one that I'm so happy that they're doing, they finally decided to do it in Jamaica. Bravo, Jamaica. when I heard that, I was like, oh, it was about time. And as you said, the queen, and as one of the ladies, I can't remember her name. I'm trying to get her name. What She said she's Jamaican. And she said, it does not benefit them to have the queen as a head, as the head of a war. So we don't get nothing. So why are we paying a tax, taxes to somebody that does nothing for us? And to make it even worse, there was a time when, you know, Jamaica, the, a lot of island, people from the island went to fight for the British, to fight for, the, uh, for England, fight for these people. And also they build the road. They help them build the road, the, the railroad. And they help them build the houses and everything. And after that, they decided, the queen and them, the one, this president decided that they want to deport all of the descendants of those people who came those black people who came from the island from everywhere you know from africa and all these places came to help them build their roads their building their houses everything they decided they'd want to deport them all these people have come from their country to come and help you build your empire you will not have these empires without them they build it for you they build today your your railroad that you call your railroad a train pass on it they build these things all these things for you and to thank them you decided you're going to deport them and not only you're going to deport them but you they're paying taxes you sitting in your you know mansion or whatever your castle doing nothing for these people and they're paying you taxes they paying you money for what her jewels jewels you know when i pay you something there's supposed to be an exchange nah you know i don't give my money for nothing like when i'm working you know i work for somebody because i give them a service and they pay me for my service understandably i'm paying you nah you have to give me a service or something you dreaming in technicolor 
because the thing is the situation like you said with england it's they people from different islands and different countries in africa went there to to build their roads and all the things that they have right I, I like that you said they went there to help. I don't say that. I say it was free or cheap labor that they took in order to build what they have today. But I will say this. I am very happy that August 31st, 1962, Trinidad and Tobago declared their independence and their republic. I hope, especially since Barbados just did theirs, that the rest of the islands, because the amount of islands that are still under England, I hope they follow. Because the thing is, like you said, if England was doing something for the islands, like giving them protection of some kind, which, you know, it, it's not needed, um, importing foods or anything like that, or if something should happen to the people, let's say a natural disaster, that England will gear up and get their um, support together to go and help the people in the islands that are still under their rule, then you'd be like, okay, I get why you're still under the queen, because if anything should happen, you know, they will send out what is needed to help you. But it's like anything that happens with all of the islands, it's usually the other islands and Africa that come together and say, oh, let's send stuff for them. Let's send people to help them get through it. So this is just my opinion. If an island wants to be under like a kind of a, a bigger country or continent type thing, guys, let it be under Africa because they help you now anyways and the other islands help you now anyways. So be with the people who will actually help. England is not doing anything for you guys. If they are and I'm just ignorant, please let me know. But as far as I can see, England is giving zero aid but taking all your money. Exactly. And as the woman say, she also was saying in, in the one, well, I mean, on the, her interview, and she said, it is so hard for a Jamaican, even though they are on, they were under, you know, the, the queen, you know, whatever, the queen was the head. It was hard for any Jamaican to get a visa to go to England. I mean, so what is the reason for her to be in your head if you can't even get a visa, just a common visa, a visa that here in Canada, they give, like, you know, they give to people. Okay, you come in, no problem, come. You wanna go to Africa, no problem. You wanna come, they're even given citizenship <laughs> in Africa in different places. I mean, it's so easy and they cannot even get a visa to just go for just a couple of what they're not asking you we coming to stay there for the rest of our life they say we're just going to come probably either do just a work or just come in for a vacation or something because to get there to go to england even if you want to go to vacation you still need you know a visa and they cannot even get it to me that's useless if I'm paying you taxes, but I can't even get a visa, a common visa, that even Canada is just throwing it in the world to everybody. <laughs> oh, I just cannot understand. It just baffled me. I'm like, really? Why, as you said, why are these people wasting their money? 
it's like taking your money and to me that's what is to me that's my opinion it's like taking your money and just burn it to give your money to this queen that is doing absolutely nothing zero nada zit for you is like taking your money might not just take that money and just put it in the fireplace and just burn it at least the fireplace will heat it will heat up and warm your place at least <laughs> And also Kate and William, Prince William went there to try to repair, you know, the damage and apologize for the slavery and all that. Uh, wait a minute, what, what year are we? Well, that's and the thing. What day are we? Well, that will always happen till life ends. People will always apologize for slavery, but it's not something that can be repaired because it happened and the effects of what that meant for Black, African, Caribbean people is continued in the lives of people that were not even there. So a change, like the apology, I get it, but it's a change of mindset of everybody else so that people can be themselves, grow without that you know, mentality that people have that they are superior. If that could happen, that's a change. But an apology could only like go so far if it's not actually changing the way people are, you know, interacting, the way how people are promoted, the way how people can grow. If that mm -hmm. still stays stagnant and they're like, ooh, as soon as they see you, you know, they judge you for absolutely no reason then it's just going to continue. Exactly. Well, that's what she said. She said, apology, she said, back in the day, we would have just, you know, go with it. But she's like, if you apologize, I mean, if by apology, everything get erased, then I think if when you kill somebody and you just have to apologize and everything goes away. If you kill somebody, you apologize, everything cannot go away. Same way, same thing. You cannot just apologize. And as she said, your apology has to come with, you know, the mechanism, what you want to do to try to repair that. Don't just come there and just say, I apologize. That's not helping nobody. You have to, okay, I apologize for the slavery. So now what can we do to help you to try to, you know, help you for these anxiety this mental uh, problem that we brought to you guys what there's something that has to be done you cannot just come and say i apologize that's enough for you guys yeah. so you have to accept it too well that's the thing what? that that reminds me a lot also because obviously that slavery is one of the greatest strategies that has ever happened i know there are others i'm not downplaying any of the others but if apologies did work right then Canada is awesome. Do you know how many times Canada has apologized to the Canadian Indians in Canada yet? The, a lot of them still live in the coldest place in Canada. Like why? Apologize, bring them, give them land, which is their land to begin with, and let them live. Let them do agriculture and everything. Not wait until you guys fly up junk food and things that, you know, 
would spoil in an instant. Yeah. yeah, and things that will spoil so quickly because it has to be transported. That's why I, I agree that apologies are good, but they don't change anything. It has okay. to come with a mechanism, something yeah. to make a change. Otherwise, your apology is just white noise. Because apologize, as they said, when they say, you know, uh, saying can be forgotten, but doing can be all can always be remembered. So if you say something today, I might remember that. But tomorrow I forgot it. Because why? There was nothing for me, nothing changed, nothing changed for me to remember. If you've done something, then I'm, every time I see, it, oh, yes, this is why this was done. But you cannot just say, okay, I say that, so that is enough. That is the, you know, the most I can do. No, no. And as you said, the Indians, it is the same thing. They're still traumatized. Nothing, no matter how much Canada say we are sorry, it does not erase nothing. As long as they do not decide, okay, let's, you know, let's get the land for these people down here where it's less cold. Let's give them the place to do the garden, the cultivation, the farm and everything. Because these people, with that one, you know, these white people wasn't here, they were good with the uh, agriculture. So give them their, their land, give them places. I mean, cohabitate together, you know, get one part, give them another part, but no. They send them, as you said, they send them to the fathers in the attic and they give them the junk food that they don't want it themselves. You go there, the only thing they eat is junk food. So what did this apology did? Absolutely nothing. So you cannot just say, I apologize and everything's supposed to be, nope, 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 nope. gas in your car lately? Has the numbers seen a tad bit high? Are you going to school, to work, to wherever you're going every day, wondering, maybe I shouldn't go to McDonald's because I have gas to pay for. The numbers are ridiculous. Why? I ask myself the same question every single day I get up every morning. I tell myself I should look for it, what do we call it? Teletravail. Work from home, not moving my car. Because, no, oh, wait, the numbers, it's okay, it's just ridiculous. The word is ridiculous. Every single day, I ask myself, I should just go and just try to find where they usually, you, you know, they used to, you know, make the numbers go up. So I can use it to go make the number go down. I want to go every gas station and reset everything, the machine and everything. It is ridiculous, the gas price. So ridiculous that some people don't even want to go nowhere. Like right now, like they say in French, j'économise, which is me. <laughs> which is me. You know, usually I will say, let me go here. Let me just go and check something. Let me go. I don't even want to go because the price of gas it's too expensive. And I remember 
once I put what? I put $30. No, I put $20 in my, uh, in my pipe as gas in my car. And usually that price with that money, $20, I can go probably for a couple days, for a day, two, three days with it. That $20 cost me 30 minutes of driving. Wow. 30 minutes of driving. No, actually, wait a minute. It was, I put $20 and it was 20 minutes driving. So every single minute cost me $1. Yeah. Every single minute that I'm driving, I look at my gas going down all the time and I want to scream. And I, the whole time I had like a road rage with yeah. myself and with a car. <laughs> Because I was yelling at the gas, why are you going this fast? Why are you going down? I mean, I just put $20 in. I drive for 20 minutes. I got home, $20 gone. So the whole time in the car, I was telling, I say, somebody traffic my car. Somebody is doing something with my car because, or maybe there's a hole in my, you know what, in my tank <laughs> or something. I'm telling you, this is how ridiculous it is. And the reason is I'm trying to understand why. Why the price is so high. It's not like we are short of gas. Actually, on the contrary, there is a lot of gas. A lot. And one of the reasons which I find out is that this is how I say there's a wickedness in this world. This word is so wicked and it's not the word people that they call themselves president or prime minister or the government are actually very wicked. Because it's not because that we are short of gas. I'll give you an example. Biden, United States, get their gas from Saudi Arabia. And Saudi Arabia, every single time they call United States to negotiate the price of gas, to put it so that they can see what price they can charge people. And Saudi Arabia has been trying to call United States president, which his name is Mr. B. Anyway, we all know what his name. And he decided he refused to pick up the phone to negotiate with them. So when you refuse to pick up a phone to negotiate in the price with the price of gas, and they keep calling you, keep calling you, and he had the audacity to even said in his press conference that they have been trying to call him and he's not picking up the phone. And he said, I don't think I'm gonna call them back. So what do you think they do? If you don't wanna negotiate with the price, you're still gonna need a gas for your car. So I can put it at any price that I want. So what do they do? As because he does not want to negotiate, so they put a price high. You have no choice, you're still gonna buy it anyway. And now, finally, when they see the price going a little bit high, they're trying to call Saudi Arabia. And Saudi Arabia is like, now we're doing the same thing. We're not picking up your phone. So now he's trying to call them and he's, they're not picking up the phone. This is why we're going through this type of ridiculous because we have, I'm gonna to try to calm myself. I'm not gonna say the word, 
we have some special people as presidents. So, and those special people decided that they don't care. So they're not gonna negotiate with the price gas. And this is why we pay in the price that we pay in. Canada has a different problem because Canada was with Russia. Canada gas come from Russia, but because Canada is with our neighbor and our neighbor is mad at Russia. So what happened? Canada decide, our neighbor decided to give sanction to Russia. So Canada decided to do the same thing. You cannot do that when your gas come from their country. If you give them sanction, what do you think they're gonna do? What they do, they say, okay, fine. We are the one who give you gas. If you're gonna give us sanction, well, we have something for you, surprise. You're not getting no gas. So Canada, this is our problem. What is our, now what we have to do? We have to go with Saudi Arabia. We have to try to find a way to talk to Saudi Arabia to get their gas because Russia say, you give me a sanction. First of all, what, that, what did Canada have to do with Russia? Nothing. Just because we have some special people who getting together to trying to be enemy with the people who are feeding them. You don't bite the hand that is feeding you because that hand will no longer feed you. God created us and our spirituality. We are all spiritual. We have different ways of expressing it. Religion was created by man to come together to learn more about God and to teach others. This was the fundamental reason for religion. Now, speed up a couple years. What is religion? Because it's not the same thing it was supposed to be in the beginning. As you said, religion was made by men. And even God himself told us to be careful what to not trust men, to not put your faith in men. Because religion, when even go back, back, back in the day was something different. Because religion was never mentioned in the Bible. You never see the word religion nowhere. It is something, as you said, it's something that is made by men. And it is made, unfortunately, back in the day because Constantine, we all know who is Constantine is. Constantine and the Vatican's are the one who decided to create religion. And to tell you the truth, it is a pagan because what they decided, because back in the day, they were killing a lot of people who believe in God. And Constantine was kind of like his parents did believe in God. So, and he saw a lot of people, he, people that was believing in God, getting killed, getting, you know, burned alive and all that. So when he became the emperor, he decided to combine those two together. Religion, I mean, sorry, religion, believing in God and politics. So he put politics and believing in God together. 
This is how religion was created. So this is why they call it a pagan because it's really both together. You cannot, and as I say in the Bible, you cannot be, you cannot serve in both, both God. You cannot serve one side and the other side together. You have to choose one. If you're, if you're in the politics, that you know you do what you do. That is you. If you believe in God, you believe in God. But religion is actually was created by combining these two together. And we all know what religion has done in the name of religion has done in the you know days, days in the years, years before. Holocaust. Let's see, let's take just a Holocaust for example. I mean, there's so many things else. They use Holocaust. What was Holocaust? It was these people who was killing in the name of religion. They have, and everybody, I'm sure everybody know what is Holocaust. Is these white, these people that were wearing like a robe or like white dress with a red cross in front of them and they were killing in the name of Vatican because the Vatican had told them to do that and they say God wanted them to purify God never ever and we all know in the Ten Commandments if you read the Ten Commandments it said thou shalt not kill so how can God tell you to go and kill a thousands and hundreds of thousands of people so we have take the belief believing in God to another level, a level to be evil. I wouldn't say another <laughs> level. I would say they have perversed what we were supposed to do because another level to me usually means it's an upgrade. Upgrade to be evil. Yeah. That is, it's well, not, not, up, it's not an upgrade. Good. Stop saying upgrade. <laughs> it's not an upgrade. They perversed what was once pure and created something in their own image as opposed to in God's image. Yep, and that's been during that time. And I remember during the, the time of Constantine, those who really opposed that, who really did believe in God, they killed them. That's and the those- thing. That's the thing that I find very interesting. A lot of people say they do certain things in the name of God, right? Mm-hmm. But what they're actually doing is they have an idea. If you follow their idea, you're part of it. If you oppose their idea, they kill you. So I don't understand how they have this thought that they're doing it for God when they're actually doing it for themselves. Because even if, like, obviously God wants all of us to obey him, worship him, and be good to others, right? But Mm -hmm. there are so many people who do not believe in God, right? And And they are still living, breathing. (laughs) living their lives so if people can distinguish what god wants versus what people want they're always going to be confused and i really wanted to talk about religion today because religion today is has blown up into something completely different there are churches there are places that are doing god's true work because it's people coming together seeing need in their community in the world and they're working towards helping people. But some are purely there for wealth and fame. And that's just what it is. 
And I hope and pray that everyone can see the difference. So when you go to church, you're good to go. Like there's one thing that um, we all know about, which is tithing, right? And that has always messed me up with, with these churches. And they're like, we're doing it to rebuild the church. Da, 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 da. Here's the thing, okay? When you give tithes, it is, yes, to build the church, to build the community, to help anyone in your community that needs it. So if you are currently going to church, I'm not telling anybody to leave their church, I'm just saying. If you're currently going to church and you guys give money every week and you walk out in your community and you see people, homeless people, you see children in the street, you see drugs everywhere, you see buildings that are broken down and no kind of aid to like build it back up, your church has failed. And I know a lot of people may take this really harshly, but that is the truth. The tides are to build your community. It's like if your neighbor comes over and say, can I have a cup of sugar? I don't have one. You give it to them. So the money that you're giving to your church should be seen in your community because they will say, oh, guys, we're building a fund. The tides of this month or this six months is to help these families who have been thrown on the street because their building burned down because something happened. This is to build a building so all the homeless people have a place to sleep in, to go mm -hmm. and bathe, to go and get at least breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know, mm -hmm. to get clothes. Like this is what this is what we should do as a community, but that's what the church should be doing with the tides. It should not be used to give your pastor a new car or build his house. Yeah. Why are pastors in 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 mansions and have um private helicopters? Oh, Jesus private came here. Plane. Yeah. Jesus came here with simplicity and throughout his whole life it was simple he went to other people's house and they gave him food they gave him what he needed he didn't mm -hmm. ask for anything so when i see any of these pastors and these priests and stuff with the golden cup and five rings and all kind of thing oh you see the trini coming out at me but you know when i see them with all these things i'm like wait but what happened to the community what happened to the people that are in the church that are there some of these people that are giving money to the church they are living paycheck to paycheck. Yet these priests still want money off of these people. And I don't understand it. And it's not to say that I do not understand the concept of people coming together and praising God and learning from each other. I applaud that. I encourage that. But when you leave your church, if your community looks ridiculous, you must ask yourself, what is your church doing? Because if they're not doing something for the community, guess where all that money is going? To him. You know what I'm saying? So you have to make these decisions because just a little thing, because I know I'm ranting a lot, but the pandemic gave everybody the opportunity to think because you, you couldn't go to church. You couldn't go give your tithes unless some of y'all give it online. And I say that is for y'all. But you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of things that you could not do during the pandemic because it gave you the opportunity to sit back, think about what is important and where you should focus. And your focus should be on God because he's the one who's going to provide your way out. But if the community comes together in a church and you guys make a difference in your community, you are on the right track. But if it is not, and I know I'm saying it again, if you go out in your community, knowing that your church is there and nothing has changed to help the people in your community, you need to go to your house, get on your knees and ask God, what can I do? What is wrong? Let him show you the way. Because that is the reason why a lot of the times when people say, 
go to the church and everything, I have to take a moment and look at what's happening in the community because some of them are just out for themselves and not for the people. Okay, I'm going to stop because, ranting now. Go ahead. Okay. Not, because, <laughs> not because you told me you, you're talking about the church. That it reminds me what Jesus said about the seven churches. Remember, there's the seven churches where he sent a letter to all those churches. Out of the seven churches, only two was kind of okay. There was only one actually that he was he didn't have anything really against. And the other one was okay. But the five others, it was the key. If you read the seven churches, Philadelphia and all the, those one, each one of them were doing wrong. And imagine not even two, two was doing something bad. Five out of the seven were really in a danger. So today, so many things, I mean, that's why, again, I'm gonna talk about back in the day. Back in the day, they used to talk about the book of Revelation. Today, almost no church wanna talk about the book of Revelation. People, they were afraid. Why? They're afraid that people will not come to the church because people don't wanna hear the truth. People don't want to hear what is going to happen. I was watching Watchmen, and one of his video, this, this on the news, there's a lot of people, this woman that was saying, I don't want to go to church anymore because, you know, I want my church to talk about the divorce. I want my church to talk about, you know, what we're going on, you know, in the household. I want my church to talk about the LGBT problem. I mean, and this is what most of church these days are doing because they're afraid to just talk about God because if they only just talk about God, they're afraid that people will not come. You know, God gave three reasons to divorce. Today, there's a thousands of reasons to get divorced. People do not follow the three reasons. Today you cough and your cough stink, they divorce you. If you don't make much money, they divorce you. It's just, you cannot tell the church, this is what I want. Again, like when I was watching this guy also, he's called the truth unedited. And he said today, people in the church think, the church and God supposed to be like Burger King, you know, menu. You, you make your own sandwich. You choose what you want inside in your sandwich. That's not how it is. That is not how it is. The church is supposed to talk about what is in the Bible, what can help you. And also the church should not be afraid to tell you about the book of Revelation. Actually, if there's anything the church has to do is to prepare you to the book of Revelation for you to know what is coming at the end. But if you don't want to hear that, how can the church help you to prepare for that? But people today don't want to hear that, that later on at the end, they, this word that we know is going to go kaboom, bye-bye, it stinks. 
People don't want to hear that. Thank you for joining us on Free Talk. We love to hear your thoughts on what we talk about. Let us know your concerns and the topic you like us to talk about. Bye-bye.